In this series, Herd Strategies President Denise Hurd connects with industry leaders and community members to discuss the challenges they face within their fields. Join us bi-weekly to learn all about how they see us. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of How They See Us. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm so glad you decided to join us. And if you have been here before, welcome back. We are back and I'm so excited because you know how they see us is an opportunity for us to invite people who are industry leaders in their various sectors and the work that they do or the communities where they serve. And we have conversations about how they navigate public perceptions and challenges within their fields. So it's a great conversation. We talk about how we're seen, how sometimes we're misunderstood or is even positively understood, but we just wanna make sure we're having wonderful conversations about how we're seen. And so thank you so much. Well, it's 2024. And we are back bigger than ever. If you've been following us, you know, we kind of took a little break. You know, every now and then you've got to take a break, rethink, recharge, reevaluate. So we did all the re's and we have so much to show you and we cannot wait to unroll this year's How They See Us series. We think that you will be amazed with the topics and the guests that we are going to bring your way. So today... We're going to have a conversation that is long overdue. You know, several years ago, um, we saw some unrest in our nation, and um, and it was unfortunate. We saw, you know, the the violence that occurred um, with the untimely passing of George Floyd. We saw all the protests occur. Um, people started coming forward and talking about inequities that they were experiencing. And the subject of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, bubbled up to the forefront of our minds. So we've been watching DEI and DEIA or DEIB, whichever one that you use. We've been watching the evolution of this subject over the past couple of years. And there have been some highs and some lows and some misunderstandings. And we thought, you know what, why don't we have a conversation about DEI, where we are today and where we see it going. So what we decided to do was invite um, some guests on to join us. And so I want to bring on our guests who are really good friends of Herd Strategies and good friends of mine. I've got my um, colleague, my client, actually, who is really proficient in this area, Stephanie Quick from Intend, Indiana. And then we also have Deandra Wardell, who owns a, a firm called On to the Next One. And she has founded something so amazing dealing with issues of racism and its root cause. But I won't spoil it because I want her to talk about that. But Deandra and Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and, and what it is that you do. I'll start with you, Stephanie. Thank you. Um, uh, thanks for having me, Denise. It's a pleasure to be um, here on the show. So I'm, I'm Stephanie Quick. I'm president here at Intend Indiana. Um, so here at Intend, we uh, we do a, a few things. We do housing development for home ownership for low to moderate income uh, families. 
we have a target market of black uh, black families to provide those home ownership opportunities. Uh, we also do some small business lending and some single family uh, mortgage lending. Uh, so so really just providing those opportunities for those who who may not have that 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 chance to own a home, to build wealth, to grow their small business in a more traditional sense, and just mm -hmm. be, being able to bring them into the fold and educate them and give them that uh, that capital and that access that's needed in order to in order to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us and for the work that you do, because it is so, so important that we create those opportunities and we remove those barriers and create access for, you know, black and brown residents. So, Deandra, tell us a little about yourself. Sure. First of all, Denise and her strategies, thank you for having me on. This is such a full circle moment um, because with the first hashtag root cause racism blog series, Denise, you were one of the contributors and blog authors. So it's, it's great to be here to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. As you've already stated, my name is Deandra Wardell, and I am the owner and CEO at On to the Next One Consulting. And within our firm, there are a number of services that we offer. Um, myself, I do motivational speaking, I do keynote speaking and workshops, but the crux of our work is centered around coaching and guiding leaders on executing the strategic plan while operationalizing diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility strategic priorities. And that helps to develop teams and delight customers, all while focusing on innovation, impact, inclusion, and belonging through a lens of equity. And so, you know, we help organizations evaluate what's going on with their policies and practices so that DEI is embedded in the culture and in the work and in everything that they do. So basically your goal is to weave this topic, this matter into every fiber of an institution's being. Absolutely. So let me ask, I have a lot of questions, but first thing, I want to make sure that we are clear on what we're talking about, because we hear DEIA and we hear DEIB. What's the difference and why are there two acronyms out there in the world? That's for either of you to take on. Okay. I'll take that. So, Denise, that's uh, wisdom and taking the time to make sure people are clear about the acronyms, because oftentimes we hear so many acronyms. It's like alphabet soup and we don't know what's yes. what. And yes. just like you indicated, there is DEIA, diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility. There's DNI, diversity and inclusion. Um, there's also uh, JEDI, justice, equity, diversity and inclusion. There are a number of wow. acronyms that are out there. And, and, and typically it's tied to what's the focus of a particular organization. So mm -hmm. like at my firm, we focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. And we bring in the accessibility piece to remind people of, um, you know, that part of the employee population that may have additional needs in terms of ensuring there's equity and what they have access to and the way in which they do their work, not only from a physical standpoint, but from an emotional standpoint. But essentially, DEI embodies creating environments 
where all individuals are respected, valued, and provided equal opportunities. So mm -hmm. regardless of the different type of acronym that an organization may use, it mm -hmm. is all centered around, you know, again, those opportunities for equality and equity. Mm -hmm. And it's really vital um, in terms of dismantling systemic barriers that hold people back. Mm -hmm. um, it fosters innovation and ensures, again, that every voice is not only heard, but that it's honored. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Stephanie, is there anything you want to add to that? I'll, I'll just add to that. Um, here, here at Intend, we we use the the DEI, just the, the DEI acronym, but we do fold, especially the accessibility piece into that, and uh, we include that uh, under our equity lens as well as uh, under our inclusion our inclusion lens and, and lens. And I, I really I couldn't agree more um, in regards to the definitions uh, mm -hmm. provided, and that it it is all about being being diverse, equitable, and inclusive to to mm -hmm. everyone. Um, I mentioned at the at the introduction that we have a focus on um, on black uh, a target market for black home buyers, mm -hmm. um, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that more. But it's mm -hmm. not that our focus is on black home buyers and not on anyone else, but mm -hmm. uh, but it is it is in regards to providing that uh, being inclusive and providing those opportunities that that mm -hmm. equity that has. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, traditionally just been uh, impartial or, or unfair to, to certain populations. Awesome. You know, it, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm singing to the choir. I'm speaking to the choir when I say this, but it blows my mind that we have to even have this conversation, that we have to have DEI or DEIA or DEIB statements, that we have mm -hmm. to have this at the forefront of our organizations to do some of the things that you all just talked about, making sure that people have access, making sure that things are equitable. Because you would think it would just be common sense that you know we all get up, put our pants on one leg at a time, the mm -hmm. same way, we brush our teeth, the same, you know, we do so many things the same way. And the mere fact that once we walk out of their doors, we walk right onto a platform of inequality, so much so that we have to have public statements and declarations is just mind blowing to me. It blows my mind. So that being said, where we are now, you know, it's been several years since we've really seen and very an intentionality about DEI. Where are we now? What progresses have we made? You know, and with respect to this topic and um, what have you noticed, particularly in your industries? Stephanie, I think I, I want to start with you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll say so, things that I've definitely noticed is the uh, is the diversity uh, in meaningful positions of leadership for uh, especially for black men and women. Uh, mm -hmm. And with that, when I say meaningful positions of leadership, uh, of course, with the uh, with with the DEI tag, when, when especially when COVID, uh, we were all at home and you know folks mm -hmm. were you know were, were rallying together. Mm -hmm. It it was more. It seemed to be more so of a uh, like a thing or a, an, an afterthought. Uh, even when when folks were being uh, placed into or given these opportunities for various positions, uh, what I what I have noticed is that there have been definitely more meaningful positions, uh, leadership okay. positions, as well as. Uh, uh, 
managerial and um, and other staff level positions. Uh, so that that's just one thing. Um, and then another another thing that I've noticed is really the active conversations and the sharing of knowledge um, between um, those who may have been left out uh, of conversations historically and those who may have been included in those conversations. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I have definitely noticed that that there's just more more active conversation, more uh, more engagement um, with uh, with more diverse uh, groups. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll say on the on the funding side, for sure, definitely more dedicated funding towards mm -hmm. uh, diversity initiatives. Uh, so here at, at Intend, uh, for an example, we're, we're definitely seeing more opportunities to uh, to apply for funding to assist with um, with home ownership, uh, to assist with with small business lending and, and to assist with with mortgage lending as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then especially here at Intend, what I have seen is really the. Um, the increase in diversity, not only with our staff, uh, but also on our boards and our committees, and especially with our partnerships, uh, just mm -hmm. that diversity in regards to uh, who who we in this field uh, of what I'll call community development, who we are working with, who are we, who we are intentionally working with. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely bringing others alongside to to share, um, to network, to do that peer-to-peer -peer exchange so that as Intend grows, uh, we we grow alongside our partners and we're sharing expertise with them and they're sharing expertise with us. That's awesome. And you all have made some significant strides. You've had huge accomplishments during 2023 with respect to your lending. You know, like there's one category of lending where you were 100% African-American. Is that correct? Yes. That's exactly right. With our under our built fund program, um, which is our small business lending arm, uh, mm -hmm. to date, all of our loans have been 100% to African African American borrowers. And again, that's mm -hmm. that's that's very intentional. Um, we've um, we've always lent, and we've always had some some degree of lending to Black borrowers. But uh, we we realize some of the barriers that uh, Black small businesses mm -hmm. have in regards to um, in regards to again, just just the knowledge, the the access to that right. capital, um, the the not being comfortable with coming forward and asking the questions. So we are we're definitely making efforts to to meet mm -hmm. businesses where they are and mm -hmm. walk them through that through that path so that they are comfortable with uh, with asking questions, with taking that leap to access capital to grow their business mm -hmm. uh, and uh, to to have as many. To even to have in our pipeline as many small businesses and black um, and women-owned small businesses that we have is definitely an, an increase from years past and definitely uh, definitely happy to see that 100% of the funds that we've dispersed have been to, to black small businesses. So first of all, we need to give you like a shout out for that because that is significant and it's also unprecedented. You know, you are really blazing a new trail and you're just debunking a lot of myths out there about Black businesses and Black homeowners that if you just create the path, we'll walk down. We will walk down the path. If you create a safe place, we will open up. That's exactly. just, it's inevitable. It's, mm -hmm. We're going to do it because that's how we're cut. That's how we're, we're, we're developed. So thank you for that. And I I, I commend you all and I wish you the very best as you push that narrative and you push that envelope forward in 2024. 
kudos to you. Thank you. So Deandra, I, I've got a question for you. Okay. <laughs> oh, did you want to add a comment to that? I did want to add a comment, um, especially from, from my lens in working with corporate America and, and more recently concentrating on the not-for-profit sector. One noticeable improvement that I have observed is the intentional shift that leaders are making in recognizing DEIA strategies are mm -hmm. not one-and-done initiatives. Um, mm -hmm. That it is important, like we talked about earlier, to really embed DEIA in the culture. And mm -hmm. also, you know, I, too, have noticed there's more diverse representation at all levels, the board levels, uh, among senior leadership. There is, um, you know, there is improvement in fostering innovation. People are recognizing by, you know, taking the time to look around and see who's not at the table, whose mm -hmm. voices aren't being heard, making sure that they have an opportunity to be engaged in decision making. And that is leading to, you know, increased employee engagement. Um, mm -hmm. A stronger sense of belonging, which belonging is what that B stands for in DEIB. Mm -hmm. And additionally, there is a heightened awareness of biases and a, a sincere commitment to address them, mm -hmm. which ultimately mm -hmm. leads to more equitable policies and practices. And as much progress has been made, you know, people still realize there is more work to be done to do like yeah. we've been talking about, to right. embed DEIA in the fabric of every aspect of the organization. Very true. Well, I'm going to stay with you because I've got a question that kind of, you've kind of opened up the door. So we're going to walk right on through it because something that you're really big on is CI or continuous improvement. You know, like we are continuing to improve upon what we're continuing to improve mm. upon. And so how have you utilized those methodologies in your root cause racism movement? Sure. So, you know, one of the things about, um, practicing, following, implementing, operationalizing, doing the work of DEIA, mm -hmm. you have to be honest in recognizing that there is a fear of the unknown. And I'm sure we've all noticed this since yes. COVID and, you know, the different types of injustices we've seen in the media in terms of what has happened, what happened with George Floyd and mm -hmm. Breonna Taylor and so many others that, mm -hmm. you know, there is this DEIA fatigue, like, when are we going to move on and talk about something different? So the reason that I believe in um, embedding or are you applying continuous improvement methodologies in terms of this work that we're doing? The way the the fundamental definition of continuous improvement is just that continuously looking at ways to improve mm -hmm. and recognizing that people are on different paths and they're in different stages of the journey. There mm -hmm. are some people who are experts and who have you know, certifications, uh, they may have black belts. And then, you know, I jokingly sometimes say whether you have a master black belt or a belt from Walmart, everyone <laughs> wants to make the cases they're in better. Right. And so with that same type of mentality, the continuous improvement framework is, is something that's designed for sustainable change because mm -hmm. it focuses on continuously improving processes while mm -hmm. demonstrating respect for people. And again, mm -hmm. recognizing that it's a journey and mm -hmm. it takes all hands on deck, everyone mm -hmm. being involved, having a clear vision about what it is that we want to accomplish mm -hmm. and working toward it daily. It can't be a mm -hmm. special one-off project that, oh, we're just going to do this during the month of February. 
during Black History Month, or we're just going to do this around Juneteenth, um, or you know, LGBTQIA Awareness Month. It mm -hmm. is really ingrained in terms of looking at how we think, which in mm -hmm. turn affects what we do, mm -hmm. and it cultivates a learning culture that mm -hmm. encourages curiosity and a willingness to overcome fear, overcome obstacles, mm -hmm. and develop spaces where everyone can thrive, not just survive. And again, it becomes part of the work. It starts with a vision and then looking at what is it that we'll do, you know, what are our overall strategic priorities, even including DEIA, and then mm -hmm. what is it we can do daily to make those improvements. And, you know, specifically within what we do with hashtag root cause racism, it begins with that awareness. And so, you know, we've cultivated blog series that, that start with awareness around these different types of inequities and injustices that we see are rooted in structures, they're rooted in practices, they're rooted in policies. Mm -hmm. And coming to that awareness and then recognizing that, you know, where the root cause of some of these um, isms or lack or inequities that we see mm -hmm. in business, education, government, and healthcare, we don't have to stay there. So we can have this ultimate goal to undo racism in these spaces, but what's the next small step we can take to impact change, to have an influence within our, our circles, and mm -hmm. again, continuously improving upon that. So it's like I said, continuous improvement is like the if we're on this journey journey to reach a space of full inclusion where everyone feels like they belong, mm -hmm. continuous improvement is the car that we get in that takes us there. Got you. Okay. Yes. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. 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 Okay. Well, thank you for that because I, I love how you articulated that. I love the imagery and the fact that it's not a one and done. It's continuous because we're still learning about ourselves as Absolutely. a people. You know, so I, you know, and we're not a one size fit all. There is no silver bullet. And so, you know, we can't just because the three of us are African-American doesn't mean we can go into certain African-American communities and have our messages be heard mm -hmm. and received. So I just, I love that. We're just continuously improving mm -hmm. in order to make the world a better place than where we found it. Absolutely. I love that. So, um, Got a couple more questions. Our time is going so fast. This is unbelievable. <laughs> but um, a question that I have because, you know, DEI is not mandatory in an organization. You don't have to do it mm -hmm. um, and say, like, this is our statement. But would all companies benefit from having um, a DEIA focus? I, I, I think uh, that yes, all companies will benefit um, from having a DEI focus. And just, just as DeAndra said, um, and I, I'll, I'll even speak directly from the experience that I've had here at Intend. So I'll say last year, um, as we had, we were like halfway through our strategic uh, plan, we said, okay, we, we also want to have a DEI strategic plan, which was which was great. It's good. It's wonderful. It's moving forward. But as I like sit back and look at it and um, we, we literally have two different plans mm -hmm. and being that that continuous improvement that DeAndre uh, talked about, I think that it's important that organizations that they have that they not only that they not only have a focus, but it's a part of what they do on the day to day basis. 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, just thinking about it and as we move forward and we think about our strategic plan that we'll start to draft in 2024, uh, what we've already talked about internally is uh, there won't be two like two different sets of priorities. Right. Those three high priorities are going to be a part of our strategic priorities and, and plan in general. Um, mm-hmm. Just just being, uh, I think it's important, but I think it's it's most important that it is intentional and and natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I absolutely think that that it would be a benefit to to organizations. Mm-hmm. I agree. I know, but I, you know, I don't want to assume you know that you know, everyone should, because some companies, it might just be woven into their culture already. Right. And a statement may not be needed because it's how they, it's their their philosophy or their mission, if you will. Yes. So yes. DeAndre, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah. And Denise, I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, you know, again, I keep referencing this journey. Some are further along than others. And, mm-hmm. and even for those companies and organizations that have a robust, very inclusive learning culture where DEIA is just a way of working. It's just what they know to do. Um, Even with that, there's always opportunity to take Mm -hmm. it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to Mm -hmm. answer your question, should should businesses and organizations, you know, should they be focused on DEIA? You know, Mm -hmm. Yes, and amen. Because yeah. one of the things about that focus, for one, it it improves employee engagement. It creates psychologically safe spaces where people can be engaged, which in turn, you know, that takes creativity to mm-hmm. the to the roof. And you have increased innovation. Um, it's a more collaborative environment, and it just makes for a more enjoyable work working atmosphere. And so, mm-hmm. who would benefit from? from being in a place where you're enjoying what you're doing, you're free to express ideas and come up with solutions that address whatever it is the company is working towards. And again, we're one of the biggest things about creating these strategic plans, it starts with a vision. And what I always say, it's important for every employee to see themselves in the vision, recognizing that they're not just coming in to build a widget or perform a Mm -hmm. Mm service, but they're actively a part of that living, breathing organization. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Very good point. So our time has gone so fast. And I mean, yeah, I know because it's been such a great conversation, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask either of you, is there anything that we've missed or things that anything that you think people listening need to know about DEI, DEIA, DEIB before we, we, we end our conversation today? I think the one thing that I would add is um, just how the the perception of DEI and uh, I, I've talked a lot today about black um, black home ownership and black small businesses, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not about overlooking any one population, any one demographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it is about uh, bringing folks together. And um, as DeAndre just just mentioned, giving folks that opportunity to to see themselves in a particular space and to be able to contribute uh, to those conversations and um, and those activities that that are happening that they may not have the ability to do, no matter if you're black, brown, uh, man or woman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I think that's that's a huge uh, misconception misconception um, and uh, that so you know cer- certainly not. 
the way that, that many organizations uh, run their when they run their business. But I do I do know when, when folks hear just hear the term DEI, they uh, they think that it's, it's definitely lopsided from one side mm-hmm. to, to another. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. If I may add, I I would say, you know, don't allow the fear of the unknown to stifle your curiosity about advancing DEIA Mm -hmm. um, strategies strategies within your organization. And there are some assumptions, just like Stephanie said, that DEIA is only specific to a race or gender. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, some other things that I've heard is that talking about DEIA will cause problems or that you know it should be siloed to one department or it's the responsibility of an employee resource group mm-hmm. um it's you know deia is for mm-hmm. everyone and it's so important that we're intentional with how we include that in our priorities um, you know to increase that awareness the accountability and action mm-hmm. that makes sense that makes sense so our time is up it went so fast that it did, but I would be remiss. Please tell, please tell our listeners how they can find you, if they want to continue this conversation or learn more or apply for a loan or funding for their businesses. How do we find you? You can find me at um, intendindiana.org. Um, direct email address is squick at intendindiana.org. Uh, so uh, definitely open to having further in this conversation, definitely open to talking to folks about the opportunities here at, in, at Intend. Um, and I look forward to hearing from everyone. And you're also on Facebook and X, formerly known as Twitter, correct? I am. <laughs> I am. I am. And on LinkedIn. <laughs> and LinkedIn. So, okay. So Facebook, X, formerly known as and LinkedIn, you can find Intend Indiana there. And I encourage you all, if you know if anyone's interested in buying a home and wants to have a conversation in a safe place about removing the mystery of home ownership and access to lending, please, please reach out. They are here to help. It's a resource yes. in our community we're very blessed to have. So Deandra, how do we find you? Uh, the best way to find, or one of the best ways to find me is through my website, Deandra Wardell, D-E-O-N-D-R-A-W-A-R-D-E-L-L-E.com. And that will connect you to all of my social media channels, LinkedIn, X, formerly known as Twitter, Thanks. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I think that's all of them. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's the best way to reach me, um, you know, to continue this conversation and, uh, you know, again, realizing it, if I can add this, realizing, you know, this work is a journey. Take the first step. Feel free to reach yeah. out to me if you want to talk more about how it is that you can operationalize DEIA in your strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take that first step. And then from there, keep moving on to the next one. Awesome. Thank you both so much for joining us. It was great talking to you today. Thank you. Thank you. So as you can see, DEIA is a very, very dynamic and complicated and interesting topic. And I'm so glad that you joined us for this wonderful, wonderful conversation. Um, Thank you. And um, don't forget to subscribe to our How They See Us podcast. We'll be coming to you at least twice a month in 2024 and will be available on all podcast platforms. I'm so excited. So until then, I'm Denise Hurd, your host, Thank you for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you soon. But also, I want to add, and I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you to Kiera Santolin, who is our 
director and producer of this segment of How They See Us. She's behind the scenes making the magic work. So thank you, Kiera. And once again, I look forward to talking to you soon. Mm-hmm.